Welcome back to the Balls, Buckets, and Bowl podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales. Joining me, making his debut episode, Derek Nielsen's, Neeson's, however you pronounce it these days. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? Pretty good. Glad I can contribute to an episode, man. I've been loving it so far. All right. Well, turn that volume up, Derek. Let the people hear you. Let the people hear your voice. Uh, so we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. So we first of all, let's get into it. We're going to talk some... Uh, NFL week one thoughts, what we saw the fir- from the first week. Um, really just the things that kind of blew my mind. Um, Jared Goff actually looked good against uh, – while it was a bad indie team, um, I thought he looked pretty good. The Rams looked much better. Their defense was in- just insane. They sacked um, Scott Tolzien so so much. Uh, Andy Dalton, looked he looked terrible. Four interceptions, barely completed 50% of his passes. Carson Palmer looked bad. Looked like he's starting to uh, age is starting to get up there. Um, Browns looked a lot looked a lot better. I think Kaiser might actually be serviceable for them, and they may have found their quarterback. But uh, what did you think about uh, Week One, Derek? And a lot of the same things. You know, I was particularly concerned with uh, the Texans' offensive line. My God, that was a horrible game to watch. I mean, ten sacks, twelve tackles for loss. I mean, my team looked horrible. Yeah, I was actually just going to talk about that too. I mean, the line play was horrible. I never, you know, I never thought Savage was going to last long. Um, I thought that uh, Deshaun Watson was going to take over eventually, but I, I didn't think it was going to take, you know, less than one game. Um, but Deshaun Watson, he came in and he looked, he looked pretty good too. Uh, he threw for a TV, a TD on his first drive, I believe. Finished with 102 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Looked a lot better than Savage, and I think he's already been named the week one starter. So what do you think about uh, Deshaun Watson stepping in now, Derek? Well, one thing I will say is after we were getting smoked in the first half, I have to say, uh, like, why it took so long to send uh, Watson in. I mean, uh, you have to question Bill O'Brien here simply because how did he not know that the O-line was this overmatched? Uh, You know, I know we didn't get Dwayne Brown back, but why did it take so long to get, you know, Watson in when he's more mobile quarterback, you know? Uh, He looked at least a little better. The pocket was collapsing within seconds, and at least that guy can move. So I think he came in a little late. Uh, I think that, you know, you couldn't save that game, but really uh, Savage is not doing the trick there. Yeah, I actually think the Jaguars are going to have a pretty good defense this year. You know, every year I said this earlier that every year people seem to think this, and most years it doesn't work out. But, I mean, I mean, this team has just been constantly uh, acquiring better and better talent each year because they just haven't been good. Um yeah, I kind of I got kind of got to agree. Uh, I don't know. I really just don't understand what he was seeing in the preseason in practice that made him think uh, Tom Savage was better than uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know what I mean? But anyways, the Texans fall, lose twenty nine to seven. We'll see uh, how Deshaun Watson works better. I believe they play the uh, who do they play next week, Derek? Uh, we're the playing Bengals? the Bengals yeah, on Thursday night football. I mean, the Bengals looked horrible too. So maybe we can yeah. string something together this week. Uh, I'm hoping so. Yeah, I looked at that total for that game. It is nasty. It's like under 40 points. It's supposed to be a really sloppy game. So the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about uh, is just sloppy elite offenses. I mean, the Jaguars, Lions, and Rams were all top three scoring teams, which, you know, going into the week one, we just wouldn't think that would be the case. The Steelers looked rough. They only gave Le'Veon 10 carries, and uh, they really just call it kind of called a passive um game plan they really didn't try to uh, air it out and uh, be more aggressive like they are usually are at home the Redskins only had 17 points the Titans 16 the Seahawks looked terrible only nine points and the Saints themselves also looked awful had terrible play calling in the goal line 
You know, uh, I think around the just across the NFL, offenses look terrible week one. I mean, even the Cowboys. So I'm just going to talk to them, talk about them really quick. They go they they win 19 to three, but you know. There was really bad play calling, I thought, on the goal line. I mean, you got three straight passes to Dez, who's covered by Janoris Jenkins, who's always uh, done really good against him. And I just think that's a, you know just inexcusable when you have one of the best running backs in the game and Zeke Elliott. So, what do you what do you think about the what do you think about the sloppy offenses this week, and uh, what do you think about the Cowboys' win, Dirk? Well, uh, I mean, what were the t- top three QBR uh, quarterbacks this week? I mean, you could have made a lot of money guessing them. I think it was uh, uh, the Chiefs guy, and uh, then we had uh, Goff, who was scoring it up, and uh, who was that third quarterback? Either way, the three quarterbacks you could have never guessed would have done well this week uh, just came out swinging, and all the ones you thought, all the high-powered offenses that you thought were going to kill it really looked sluggish there. Um, in terms of the Cowboys offense, uh, man, you know, maybe some bad play calls here or there, but I have, I hate to admit it. Uh, you guys got, you know, deep threat wide receiver with Bryant, you know, one of the top running backs in the league, the best, one of the best O-lines in the league, Hall of Fame tight end, and Dak's looking really composed. I mean, yeah, like I said, I hate to say it, but you guys have a really well-crafted offense. I think you guys are going to be a big threat, you know, maybe first game jitters a little bit on the play calls, but man, you guys are going to be a threat going forward. Uh, you guys scored, looked pretty good against a pretty good Giants D. Yeah, what was nice to see was a really good defensive pass rush. I mean, the Cowboys have just been famous for not having anything on the defensive side of the ball for how much talent we have on the offensive side. I think you really got to credit Rod Marinelli, who just really needs a big fat pay raise for what he's doing out there with a bunch of no names. Though, I mean, once Orlando Skandrick went out, we're talking about five guys who were not starters uh, last year so. To be able to get an interception, get sacks, hold the Giants three points with all those guys is really just remarkable. So I think that's all we had for about NFL week one. Looking forward to week two. Who do you think will be your eliminator pick for this week, Derek? Well, I'm going to have to go with the majority on this one. I was looking at the games. There's a lot of really close ones, really good matchups. I'm excited to see, but I have to go with the Raiders here. Um, you know, they're, they're facing the Jets. They just don't really have it this year. Uh, you know, Vegas even said before the uh, season even began, they're going to be like one of the worst teams uh, in NFL history. I really think it's not a bad strategy to pick against the Jets weekly. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Raiders for sure. Another one I was kind of looking at um, – was Cardinals. I mean, they're versus the Colts, who looked god-awful last weekend. But, I mean, they lost Johnson. Palmer was looking real stale. So it makes it a little bit of a questionable pick. Um, But, yeah, I'm definitely going Raiders. I mean, uh, kind of a second out there. I mean, if you want to be ballsy, I'd go Cardinals. But I just don't know how they're going to look without Johnson in there in the backfield. Yeah, Oakland versus the Jets is good. Taking Oakland is currently the most popular pick right now on ESPN. I also had Cardinals versus Colts written down. The other one I had written down was Ravens versus Browns. I mean, you you know, like I said, Cleveland looks better, but the Ravens have a great defense, I think, as well. And I think, you know, I think the Ravens have an easy win here. But uh, I these these teams playing the Jets and the Browns, I ch- I try to tend not to pick them right off the bat, knowing that. Um, they'll have to play the, as long as they're an in division team. I, I know that they're going to have to play them again. So I usually like to rely on that on the second come around. I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals this one. I mean, Scott Tolzine honestly shouldn't even be in the NFL. That's how horrible he is. I mean, the Colts just look like an awful. Well, I mean, you know, you take luck away. You took you take luck off this team. I mean, they already has a bad offensive line. That's why luck was getting hurt in the first place. These are, this is one of the worst teams in the NFL when without luck healthy. Um, and so I think the Cardinals, 
coming, you know, coming off a, a loss. I think that I see them in a bounce back spot here, and I think I'm going to take them just because, like you said, I mean, you know, you got Fitz who's old, Palmer who's old. I'm not sure how long these guys are going to last, so I don't see myself being able to pick these, uh, wanting to pick this team much later, anyways. So I think that's going to be my pick. Um, but yeah, it definitely takes a little bit of cojones in that. So, all right, Derek, you had there was there was a public outcry. Um, the 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 uh, pitchforks were raised, the torches were lit. Um, what is your rank? You had a, you had a big issue with this. So, what is your official rank of the domestic beers and why? So, uh, you know, let me have a disclaimer here. I, I, I thought your pick order was bad. I think your top five was pretty good. But, I mean, it was just uh, absolutely savage that you put Budweiser at number one. I mean, you were pretty obvious about how biased you were there. Uh, you know, you didn't shy away from that. But Budweiser is totally not number one, man. So when it comes down to the real American domestic top five, main factors that come down to it, basically taste, drinkability, affordability, sometimes aesthetics. It kind of depends. But here we go. Uh, like I said, Joey, your top five was pretty good. I have Budweiser at number five on my list. Uh, I may have roasted you for having it at number one, but it's not terrible. I mean, the main problems I have with it is it's just really hard to drink quickly. It's a pretty heavy beer. You, f- you get full pretty fast. The extra alcohol is nice, but I can cover that up by drinking light beers at a faster pace. So at, at number four, I'm going to go with Natty here. Uh, out of all the cheap tailgate college beers, I think Natty takes the cake in terms of taste. I think it's a staple for large-scale parties. It comes in 30s in a lot more locations than some of the uh, more expensive uh, main beers. And it's just, it's just my choice for cheap beer. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Lone Star, Lone Star Light. Uh, Lone Star Light's not as readily available as Lone Star, uh, but they're, you know, a Texas beer. It's kind of middle ter- tier in terms of affordability. Uh, it's got a taste I've, I've always kind of enjoyed. If Lone Star Light is available, I would prefer that so I can drink it at a faster pace. But I think Lone Star in general is a solid beer that just doesn't taste like water. And at number two, this is a big debate within our circle, but it's Coors Light. Okay, this is a crisp beer. You know, I can't really complain about it. It's got the mountains on the can that can tell you when it's optimum cold. Uh, It's got a slender can I've always liked, so it's easier to shotgun. The taller can shape is not ideal for packing in the Yeti or storing in your standard fridges. That's kind of a big uh, problem for me, especially when you're trying to pack a lot in you know, a small container or something like that. Um, and honestly, this beer can quickly taste like shit at Rodeo Cool. Like, you got, this has to be cold. I mean, if you're, if you're milking this beer, if you're milking this beer longer than 10, 15 minutes, you're going to start suffering, man. And that's one of the big downsides of this one. And number one, undeniably, it has to be Miller Lite. I've been drinking it since I can even remember when my dad handed me my first beer. This is a fine Pilsner beer. Uh, like I said, we've been running a debate in our circle about Miller versus Coors for the longest time, but it's undeniable that Miller's better. It's got a crisper taste. It's got a standard can size for easy storage. It's aesthetically pleasing on the outside with the pearly white can. The taste is uh, simply unmatched and can taste good at a wider temperature range. Let's put it this way. When I was in the middle of Houston being slammed by Hurricane Harvey, a bar happened to open up in the downpour on day two. Once we waded through the downpour to this hole-in-the-wall bar and hunkered down with hundreds of other people since it was the only bar open, guess which beer ran out first? And by a significant amount of time. That's right, Miller Lite. When people are being slammed by a hurricane, beer shortage inevitably coming soon because of all the patrons at this bar, their choice of beer is Miller Lite first. I think that's enough proof right there. <laughs> I mean, Miller Lite is uh, the home of the Cowboys beer. I uh, can't can't argue too much with that take. It was the beer I w- was drinking uh, that I would that I favorited before 
Uh, I started working at Anheuser Busch, but I, I I do agree with your Coors Light take. I like. I mean, when I rank these, I always like, I always give every beer their best uh, foot forward. If I was gonna have this ice cold, what would I rank it? And like that's why I have Coors so high. But I do agree with you. Once it gets warm, it gets pretty crappy pretty fast. So. I like the enthusiasm. Um, we're going to have to get uh, more people in on this to see uh, what the official uh, ranking will be. I will record it right now, Derek, what you have. You have Miller Lite first, correct? Then Coors. Then was it um, Lone Star? Lone Star, Lone Star Light. Lone Star, Lone Star Light. And then and then Daddy, Budweiser. Daddy and then Budweiser. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then that. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Okay. So let's get on to the next topic. So I wanted to talk about um, Texas football. They had a great win this past week. They shut out San Jose State. I really kind of wanted to bring up the question: Do you think Texas will be ranked again? Derek, what is your take on this question? Man, what a heartbreaking loss week one, obviously. Um, we're playing a pretty poor San Jose State, uh, State the next week, uh, and we obviously look good there. I would hope so. Um, honestly, man, I just don't think we'll be ranked again. Um, I, f- I feel like Texas, is such, being such a big program, we're always overrated in the top 25 in the preseason, and then never seem to come back. Um, honestly, uh, you know, I, I have confidence that we're going to look better as the season goes on, but we might have some good close games. We might have some great wins, but I just don't see ourselves being ranked again. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think think so either. We still have three teams that are ranked in the top 10 left to play this season. USC is fourth, OU second, Oklahoma State's ninth currently. Uh, We got issues at the quarterback spot. I mean, it's really just a a question pretty much every week, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, who's going to start, which is just not good for any team. You know, you could, I could see the the horns upsetting OU in the Cotton Bowl just because it's a it's a big rivalry. Anytime there's a huge difference in a, a period strength, a period skill, a period rank, uh, there's always a, it's just a prime spot for a letdown. Um, but which you know, even if we do happen to pull off that upset, that maybe gets us close. You know, maybe in like a others receiving votes kind of category. But I just don't see it. I think you know, I think we're gonna fall to USC this weekend. Um, USC's looking good. OU's looking really good after they beat Ohio State. So, you know, I just don't see it. That doesn't mean we're not going to have a good season, but I don't see us being ranked again either. But did you see that USC is uh, claiming that they never lost to us? Did you see that? What an absolute joke, man. I really hope we make this game closer than everybody's guessing simply because of that. I mean, how could you possibly justify that at all uh it really pisses me off and not even just as a texas fan i think that's just uh classless quite honestly yeah i mean it's yeah it's definitely shameful like i mean that that game you know even as a even as like a non-texas supporter i be i mean i watched it as a kid and i wasn't even a i hadn't even gone to ut yet obviously and i thought it was one of the greatest if not the greatest games in college football history and a claim that it's just it they that they never lost because they cheated it's just just shameful, like you're saying. So, uh, I I agree. I hope we keep it close. I hope we if, if we beat them, that'd be incredible. Uh, put that definitely on their loss record. So, 
I mean, I think, All right, let's I, get into. I mean, just one more point on this is, I mean, I think a lot of uh, sportscasters around the nation would agree that that is the best college game, if not like top two or three ever. Uh, so you can't just simply throw it away and, and forget about it. I mean, nobody's going to do that. And I and and by the way, the line is fifteen and a half right now in Vegas. Uh, everybody thinks we're going to get smoked just because of that. Uh, I really hope we make it close here. I think we might beat that line. Yeah, me too. All right, Derek, so let's get into the next power ranking. Got a, got two power rankings in this podcast today. We're going to go with the top five shots. So I think the way we should do this is you go, you say your number five, I'll say nine, my number five, and then we'll just work our way up back and forth till we see, uh, till we hit some um, like ones. So what is your number five? Okay. Um, honestly, uh, just as a disclaimer for my top five is um, we're looking to get the job done here, fellas. All right, no pansy fruity shots. We're we're doing some we're doing some heavy hitters here. So if you want your kamikazes and all your favorite little fruity drinks, these are not part of my top five. I'm doing stuff that will actually get the job done. So my number five is maybe some of you have not heard of it before. It's the redheaded slut. And uh, honestly, uh, it's got a great name to shout at the bar. Let me get a bunch of redhead sluts over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. For those that don't know what it is, it's Jaeger, peach snaps, and cranberry juice. I think it's absolutely delicious. And honestly, a lot of women really enjoy that shot as well. So you know, you're not, you're not, you don't have people wimping out all the time. It actually tastes pretty good, but it has a significant amount of Jaeger. So that is my number five. All right, my number five is, and I recommend this to anybody who has never ordered it, the Blue Wave shot. Um, it's a great shot. It's a lot of excitement, a good uh, wave, good action, um, a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of screaming. Uh, definitely order it if you've never ordered it. Derek, uh, if you know where I'm going, I will say no more. What is your number four? My number four is, uh, man, an age-old classic, a favorite among the circle, is uh, Rumpelmans, man. Rumpelmans. A straight shot of Rumpelmans. And, you know, it's just a shot of Christmas in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, there's, a, there's a disclaimer here. Uh, you only have to pay double for that. I mean, th- this shot has to be ice cold to take. I mean, if you're trying to take that warm, I mean, good luck. God bless your soul. Uh, you know. If, if it's ice cold, I mean, you're having a relatively delicious shot that'll freshen your breath for the ladies. And, I mean, it's got 100 proof. So, I mean, you got to be careful with those things. And you don't have to buy as many. Should get the job pretty quickly. Yep. All right. My number four is a Jaeger bomb. Obviously, it's pretty easy. Jaeger and Red Bull. I think it's a great shot. It's a perfect shot where if you're tired but you still want to get turned up, you still want to get drunk, it's the perfect shot because it gives you some alcohol gives you uh, some Red Bull to stay, get, get awake, get get energized, get hyped up. There is a great bar that we personally have been to uh, in Latitude that offers $2 Jaeger bombs on Thursday nights. One of the best deals I've seen on 6th Street. I highly recommend it to all of those at UT and the college. Um, but that is how you that's how you turn up without going down. So what is your number three, Derek? That's a great selection. You'll find that later in my list. But at number three is a straight shot of tequila. Uh, You know, well-dressed and everything, the salt and lime, of course. Uh, You know, it it makes the clothes come off, as they say. Um, I'm not talking talking about getting Jose Cuervo or any of that cheap shit, man. We're talking chilled Don Julio, Patron, etc., some higher top-shelf stuff. Chilled, dressed is the way to go. It's delicious. And not to mention, uh, everybody likes taking body shots of tequila. So, I mean, those are a good time for a lot of people. Yep, those can those can get you in a lot of fun too. You will also see that said shot later on in my list. Coming in at number three for me is a, a simple kamikaze vodka triple sec lime. 
Um, I think it's a great sour shot if you're um, if you're not trying to taste the alcohol. Depending on how much the bartender gives you, it's one of my per, it's one of my favorite shots to order at Buckshots. Um, but I think it gets the job done. I think it's a great uh, chaser for anything else stronger too. Um, but what? All right, Derek. So what's your number two? All right. So number two, I've got the Irish Car Bomb. So. Uh, well, I mean, let's put it this way. You drop them Jameson and Bailey's in a glass of Guinness. And, you know, I've never personally met a woman that has enjoyed these before or even taken one, to be honest with you. But there's something badass and exhilarating about dropping it in with all the boys and just pounding it before it curdles up. Uh, I mean, and, th- and, this thing, and this thing will mess you up, people. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun. There's some risk factor to it. I mean, when that thing curdles, man, it is absolutely disgusting. So it really tests your might, especially as the night gets later on. If you can take one of those towards the later end of the nights, I mean, kudos. But, yeah, really fun, really fun bomb to take with the guys. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is I actually have Irish Car Bomb right at number two as well. Uh, that Irish Cream, uh, I, I love pretty much any of those shots with like Irish Cream and like coffee, the coffee liqueur, all that stuff. Um, you could also get the uh, famous blowjob uh, <laughs> shot if you're looking to get crazy. Uh, but I have two. I I have Irish Car Bomb at two as num- as well. Um, I think it's yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. There's some uh, there's something thrilling about just throwing a shot glass uh, down into a, a glass um something about you know the talent it takes to pound both of those and not uh spill all over your face but uh all right derek what is your number one shot all right my number one shot you've already mentioned it but it's got to be it's got to be the Jaeger bomb here uh absolute classic uh I'm, i know me and my guys uh we, we get it for new year's fourth of july any like big partying event we're, we're taking those all night man um, you, women and men both enjoy taking these. They taste really great. I'm a huge proponent of Jägermeister. Matter of fact, my family crest is nearly identical to the Jägermeister symbol, so it's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I think it tastes delicious. And, and, you know, you got the Red Bull in the drink. So if you're taking them throughout the night, you're, you're not, you shouldn't get tired. You should get that caffeine buzz as you go on. I think it's just an all-around great shot, um, and it's really fun to, you know, shoot them with, with everybody, just dropping the shot glass in and going. So, yep, that's my number one. All right, my number one is like you were mentioned before the tequila shot, and I have to agree. You have to take this shot with good tequila. If you don't, you're doing it wrong. You're setting yourself up for failure, for an upset tummy. Um, you will, you might even puke, kick the bucket, uh, empty the bowels. You have to have a good tequila. You have to have it dressed. You got to have your lime. It's got to be cold too. I agree. Um, yep, you can you can do it the body shot way. You can. Uh, you can do it to start your night. You can do it in the middle of it. You can do it at any point in the night because it is always the number one um, most effective shot, to, I believe, to just get you from zero to 100. So that is our official, me and Derek, top five shots. Go to bars, get them, tell them about the podcast, tell them you, you were recommended it by me and Derek. You know, did you have any other – I had a couple others receiving votes here. Um, the one, uh, the a couple others that I thought I should mention, the Jello shot. I mean, it's it's so classic, but you know, you wouldn't think of it at first. But it's just so, um, it's classic. It's a great party favor. I think it's they're easy to make. But what do you think about the the famed Jello shot, Derek? Uh, I have to agree with you, man. I, I, you know, I like them a lot. I think they're a classic for any big party. Um, I guess the one downside of it. Is- 
downside of them is a lot of people put Everclear in them or something like that, and they just taste horrible. Or um, because uh, it kind of has to digest and whatnot, a lot of people make the big mistake of taking a lot of them and then, you know, kind of uh, lose their wits faster than maybe they would have wanted that night. So they can be a little that dangerous. That is very true. Yeah, yeah, that is very The other one I had receiving votes is a dill pickle shot you know this one kind of had to grow on me when i first had it was also at buck shots i mean it's just one of my favorite shot bars it, it's it's uh it's like a dill pickle vodka and it has like chili salt on the rim and when i first had it i, I guess i just wasn't i didn't know what it was so it kind of it kind of tasted gross to me but when i had it again it was like wow that kind of tastes pretty good i highly recommend at least just trying it it's like a i think it's a one of the three dollar shots that they offer Pretty cheap, um, not as much alcohol in it though. So you know, if you're trying to get pretty lit, don't 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 even waste your money on it. Get something else. But all right, any other shots you want to mention, Derek? Well, one thing about the dill pickle shot is I personally like pickles. I personally like the shot. But one uh, kind of warning about that shot is, I mean, your breath is going to be kind of unappealing after that. So if you got a lady you're trying to impress, I mean, she might not like pickle breath. So be careful with this. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Derek, always coming with the clutch. I mean, I'm just giving uh, you some, the clutch tips, the clutch tips, man, always. And one shot we're also kind of forgetting, but there's just so much variety to it. I couldn't possibly put it in my top five, but the sake bomb. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. I think sake bombs are great. Uh, you know, the, the problem is you're, you're having the Japanese wine, you know, the sake, and you're kind of mixing that with other liquors. That can be a little dangerous depending on how sensitive your stomach is. But if you go to bars like Kung Fu and stuff like that, definitely a fan favorite. Really fun to take with everybody. But unfortunately, did not make the top five. But yeah, sake bombs are pretty sweet. Yeah, I like sake bombs too. I love the uh, inclusion. It's always usually a big group thing. You do the, the chant, you slam on the table. I, I do have to kind of downgrade it because it always gets messy. There's always beer all over the, the table. But I like that shot as well. All right, so the main uh, the main bullshit kind of topic, if we haven't already done enough, but we wanted to get into today. I'm sure you saw it on the news on the Twit Machine. Ted Cruz uh, got caught um, liking some uh, adult uh, film. He uh, his Twitter was caught liking a Twitter pornography post. So. You know, his story, here's his story. He says that he has a lot of aides and they have access to the account and that one of them likely liked the, liked the picture, and but he didn't say who it was and he didn't say if they would be fired. Uh, and he really just didn't have much to say after that. So what do you think about uh, the, this story? Do you believe it, Derek? And uh, if you don't, what's, uh, what's your take and what do you think actually happened? Well, I mean, uh, first off, it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, let's think about this here. This guy had a super religious political stance throughout the campaign, and now he's liking some porn on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, absolutely classic. You know, it would have been hilarious if, you know, it was real, and his next tweet was, yeah, I watch porn. Because, I mean, let's be honest here. You know, everybody gets on their mobile device and does that, you know, at least once. So that would have been hilarious. Of course, he's not going to do that. I didn't no. uh, know that he blamed his aides. I think that is a more believable story. Like, uh, <laughs> well, like, like what else is he going to say? Of course, he's going to say his aides have. Well, he could I, I mean, have said every he every politician has a aides. Yeah, like oh, got hacked. And that's another topic to, to talk about is all the people who falsely said they got hacked have kind of ruined it for the people that actually do. But I totally agree. I wish he would have just came out and said, yeah, I, I liked it. Sorry, you caught me. Like, you know, Donald Trump's over here winning elections, just yelling gibberish. Maybe he could wear something too. Like, you just, you never know. Like, so 
you know, I think he's Kevin from The Office. Uh, you know, if you've ever watched The Office and Kevin, and if you've ever seen that video online of uh, him, you know, this guy posting up a picture of Ted Cruz looking like Kevin. Uh, if you know anything about Kevin, he's a horn dog too. So I think it all fits the narrative. Uh, there's also the uh, more common um, take that he is uh, the Zodiac Killer, which is definitely possible. You know, it's 2017. Makeup exists. Um, people are living longer lives. So, you know, what What would you say uh, Ted Cruz is probably into, though? Man, you know, when you, when you propose this uh, to as part of the podcast, man, I had to think a little bit about it. I mean, uh, I, it's kind of a, a – I didn't want to think about it too much, but let's be real here. You know, as people age, you know, these older folks kind of get into some freakier stuff, you know. That clip in particular was the stepmom, stepson uh, kind of scenario. You know, uh, it's not it's not the it's not the raunchiest thing in the world. I mean, he probably gets into some weird stuff, man. You know, um, I didn't think about it too too long. All I have to say is, all I know is, as you know, as people get older, they get into some more freaky stuff. Don't want to delve more into it, but if that was truly him liking, you know, Twitter clips uh, of porn on there, you know, who knows what else he's getting into? But another point I want to make about it is, who does that on Twitter? I know. Twitter, I mean, of Twitter yeah, evolved, like you have so many other platforms that are non, like not viewable to the public. And like you were saying, it's just like this guy it was just took a huge stance on like religion and all, you know, and all that. And <laughs> to get caught doing this just kind of ruins uh, a good amount of his stances on that. You know, I, I, whenever I was thinking about this, I got to imagine he's into something that's like degrading women. Uh, and I believe he has like an anti-abortion stance. So I, 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 if I had to peg something, I'd, be, I'd probably put him into something like that that he's into. I mean, this guy's just a weird-looking dude. He's uh, he's hired, you know, those politicians that are uh, not the best-looking dudes. You know, they're always into weird, uh, weird stuff. So you can never trust uh, Ted Cruz. But when you cruise, you lose, right, Derek? Yes, sir. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, outside of the fact that Cushing's out on the Texans for 10 weeks for PEDs, rest in peace, Texans. I guess next season. <laughs> Pack it up. It's over, boys. All right. For Derek, I am Joey. This was another fun episode. Make sure to follow us on the BBB podcast on iTunes at the BBB pod on Twitter. Go ahead and leave a fat five-star review, please, people. They help us so much. Leave a fat five-star review on iTunes. Um, make sure to put in your eliminator picks, those listeners out there who have joined the league. And for Derek, I am Joey. See you later, folks.